Three Empty Chairs is on location this episode. This is attempt number two at our next episode. <laughs> Just a little editing humor. Yeah, you would have had to have been there. This week we've got the three older guys with us. We're talking about favorite musicians with the big kids today on Three Empty Chairs, a family-friendly podcast full of insight, introspection, more than a little insanity. Excited to talk to you today. I've got my three oldest sons here at the table talking about favorite musicians. If you listen to our other episodes, you heard the younger two brothers and little sister give their answers to this prompt. If you had three empty chairs and you could have anybody over for dinner, your favorite musicians, who would they be? So that's our topic for today. Uh, and we're going to move ahead. As I mentioned, we're on Kansas. Uh, we're on location. We are in Kansas City, Missouri this week. Uh, spending a little time as a family, and it's a great opportunity for us to just spend a little time relaxing and talking about stuff that we love. So we wanted to share a little bit of that with our three non-grandma listeners today. So we're talking about favorite musicians from the grown-up side of things. Uh, got our three oldest sons, Drew, Dylan, and Devin, with us here at the table. Guys, we ask you to think about the same concept. You've got three empty chairs at the table. Who would you have fill them? But the topic today, or the category, is favorite musicians. Uh, now, I will ask again, anybody want to go first, or should we just go around the table? Uh, the, I just, yeah, we had an old bus standoff right here at the table. Uh, Dylan, you didn't get pointed at, so... So does that mean I have to go? That means yep. you can get yours <laughs> out of the way, because I know how much you love being... I got, that way I don't have to follow up Drew and... What was the phrase you used last time? Paint. Uh, text paint. Text paint. Text paint. Oh, text yeah. paint. Yeah, I don't have to follow text painting this You time. don't have to All text right. paint. Good. Okay. All right. So you got three empty chairs. Yep. Three I'm going to fill them with favorite musicians. Yep. Tell us who they'd be. Who's in the first chair for you? We'll just want to say, hey, Grandma, again. Um, hope you're doing okay. <laughs> um, but for my my three, and I won't take too long with this little intro, but like my criteria for this is I was thinking through, and I think anybody's criteria for their, their favorite artists um, is how does how does their music make you feel like all the all the different elements that go into music it, it's about like what does that evoke like what kind of emotion and how do you feel when you listen to that um, particular artist and so for me the artist that makes me feel I think the most um, is the one and only Kanye West Kanye um, Kanye is much more than a than a musical artist um, he's incredibly Fascinating person, fashion icon, pioneer. Um, 2020 just, presidential candidate. 2020 presidential candidate. Let's not forget that. I, yeah, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> and say, yeah, say, say, up to say what you will about Kanye West, um, but the guy is just a musical genius, in my opinion. Whether hip-hop is your thing or not, um, his, his creativity and just the way he does what no one else does is what draws me to Kanye. And I think, I think the thing that, that most stands out about who he is as a person and as an artist is his just abrasive honesty. He um, does it both punches. He is himself 100% of the time, and a lot of the time that is a very intrusive person, but he is going to be himself at all times. Um, and that really comes through in his music, I think. Um, and so, so that's that's the the biggest thing I think that draws me to his music, um, and and I think also him as a producer, he is his his musical chops are incredible. Um, you like each album of his is so different than the last, and is so different than the next one. 
he's he's touched in so many different genres. Um, I mean, he's got he's got like electronic type albums. He's got more orchestral like hip hop albums, and then he's got even gospel albums now, um, and just so many different veins that he that he kind of goes down while still saying hip hop. Yeah, um, is is fascinating to me, and I mean just his use of samples and sounds mm-hmm. and just. He, he does so much so well in a way that no one else does, and it's incredibly creative, and, and I'm fascinated by it. So yeah. big big Kanye West fan. Um, from the moment I first heard him, uh, I was a huge, huge fan. Yeah, yeah, you shared something earlier about kind of your first touch with his stuff and the song Heartless and yes. something about that album. and Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so when I was, I was probably like, Late elementary school, early middle school, whenever Which is prime school Kanye time, right? Which is in like yeah. 2007, 2000, I think. Yeah, this album came out in 2008. That's I think. what most people get in the yay is like right, right. 11 or 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> yeah. He really speaks to that demographic <laughs> specifically. The I angst of middle school, yeah, yeah, but no, it's from his album 808s and Heartbreak, um, the song Heartless, and it was the first Kanye West song I ever heard, and I was like. I I'm I love this. This is this sounds so cool. I've never heard anything like this. Not the Chris and, Allen from American Idol version. Yeah, probably not the that one. We're talking the original. Yeah, Sorry, right. go ahead. And yeah, as an eleven or twelve year old, I don't think the message of Heartless really hit home with me. <laughs> but just like what I was hearing was so cool to me, mm-hmm. um, I was captivated by it. And and I, I'm dropping the confession here again. Um, but yeah, when when you guys would. Like leave the house, and I was I was alone. I'd get on YouTube, and I'd get out my iPod Nano, pull up mm-hmm. voice memos, mm-hmm. and uh, play some some Kanye songs through the computer speakers and record them so that I could listen to them yeah, on my own rather right. than yeah having to purchase them on the iTunes on the store because that might show uh-huh. up in my right yeah, 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 yeah right yeah those are anything more than fifty cents <laughs> yeah. right but yeah no from from the moment I first heard him I was like you were I, right. I've never heard anything mm-hmm. like this and, and I was. I was hooked. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good. So Kanye's your first, your first guest at dinner. Yes. Uh, who else you got? Second tier. Number two, um, is still a hip hop artist, but a very, very different hip hop artist. I think mm-hmm. um, is Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, in in my opinion, is the the best rapper right now um, in the game. That's different. I, I differentiate that from artist. Who's, mm-hmm. who's Kanye? Yeah. Kanye okay. is my my favorite artist. I think Kendrick is the best, the best rapper, the best lyricist in terms of like flow and cadence um, and like wordplay. Nobody does it better than Kendrick Lamar, and he does it while tackling, I think, like really serious subjects mm-hmm. um, and really just real raw stuff um, in a way that uh, isn't isn't glorification like a lot of hip hop mm-hmm. does. Um, but he tackles them from a very honest place and, and from a very realistic place. I think um, so. Just just. Typical hip hop subjects like like drugs and and money and sex and um, but like he, he talks about like gun control um, in in a song from his uh, most recent album and his whole to pimp a butterfly album was like that's another album that's just a whole nother ball game of hip hop that like mm-hmm. I had never heard before um, that's like a jazzy fusion yeah yeah and I know Drew's a big fan of that one too. Um, but yeah, Kendrick. Kendrick is one of the, those guys. He's, he's very calculated and intellectual, um, and just a master at what he does. Every every syllable is so intentional. Whereas Kanye, like it feels like he just kind of gets in there and throws up sometimes. <laughs> like Kendrick is like everything is calculated yeah. and it's all perfect and meticulous and mm-hmm. just he paints a picture so well of what he's trying to communicate. And he, 
fascinated by that. That description you gave earlier, I'm going to make the barely. The evening news on the networks almost sensationalizes something that's going on in the world, whatever issue it is, versus PBS, NPR, independent filmmaker. They're just documenting, here's what's going on in the lives of people, or here's what's going on in in the world, or whatever. That's maybe a little bit of a Kendrick Lamar kind of thing. He's not glorifying it. He's not glamorizing. It's just, this is what it is. Yep. Yeah. And he's very meticulous about that, you said. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really interesting. All right, you got one more chair. Okay. Third and final chair. Uh, Had to give it to my man, John Billion. He's not not hip-hop per se. He's more pop. But uh, his music, his his, uh, personal music is not like radio pop. But he writes a lot of things for people you're going to hear on the radio. So, like, you could probably find two or three in the top ten right now that were written by John Billion. He writes for people like Justin Bieber, Dua Lipa, Miley Cyrus. You like he's written for Eminem, Rihanna, people like that. Like names you've heard, he's Jason written their songs. The and what was that? <laughs> I don't think the people heard. That. Um, but no, John Billion. He's another one of those guys um, that I think I first was drawn to because I I heard. Uh, influences and similarities to like Kanye mm-hmm. and and he's he's one of those guys who's very very creative musically um, and he he produces pop music like I've never heard um, very creative with with the sounds and the samples that he chooses um, he's one of those guys that can just craft a melody that you have never heard yeah. before um, and it's and it's but it's catchy in a way like it's unique but also sticks mm-hmm. with you yeah every um, single one of his songs is an earworm yeah 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 that's a, yeah. Earworm yeah. Is a good term um, but no he's another one of those guys that's super honest um, I think I think um, just it comes through who he is in his music mm-hmm. um, and so another guy that I'm fascinated by just super super creative um, musical chops are are insane yeah yeah I know all three of you guys are fans of his. We were talking a little bit ago that the Human Condition album, was mm-hmm. it, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. And just the way he engineered that and, and sequenced that so that there's a little surprise in the last track of the album. Yeah. You were talking about that a second ago, right? Yeah. The, that whole album is really great. But like the best part is at the very end, the outro of the whole album, uh, he like kind of out of nowhere just starts to um, interlace different parts of the production from every previous track on the album mm-hmm. turns it into this one huge magnum opus piece of excellence yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that not only incorporates all of the musical themes um, but the lyrical and story themes from the rest of the album into one big song uh, in a way that I've never heard before yeah, or since it was a really yeah. striking piece of music for yeah that's good all right, Dylan. So you got Kanye, you got Kendrick Lamar, you got John Bellion, mm-hmm. and I'm never buying my granddaughter an iPod Nano. That's what I take that's, away from your That's answers. probably yeah. a good call. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. I want to hear some more from you in a minute. All right. Next segment, Devin. I want to come to you. Devin is 20, uh, living up. in Kentucky, working hard all the time. I know you got a slightly different take from Dylan's, um, maybe not radically so, but tell us about your three guests, your three empty chairs, for you, favorite musicians, who's coming to dinner? Yeah, uh, so I based mine off the same criteria as Dylan, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't conscious of that, but like that's how it wound up, mm-hmm. brothers, um, brothers. Uh, what a coincidence, <laughs> um, no, but like all three of my artists, like all of their music for me is pure feeling, Okay. 
Um, so like the n- number one, no surprise, is going to be uh, none other than Christopher Edwin Bro, aka Frank Ocean, better known as um, <laughs> uh, who uh, his music um, has always just really spoken to me, and not that we've had similar life experiences at all. Um, which is like to me all the more amazing that his music speaks to me um, throughout each of the different albums whether it's about like growing up being alone um, being with someone um, all that stuff everything he does he puts uh, into such beautiful lyrics um, and beautiful music um Sorry, I'm not trying to be Danica with all these ums. <laughs> it's not intentional. Uh, but yeah, I've just loved everything he's done. If you were to ask me uh, what my favorite song of that he does is, is probably not an actual Frank Ocean song, but his version of Moon River. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've listened to that mm-hmm. uh, dozens, if not hundreds of times. Uh Specifically, the version on YouTube that plays the outro of White Ferrari at the end, um, which is another Frank Ocean song. Okay. Um, just so many times. Is that... That's not one of the songs from the soundtrack of the movie, is it? Uh, which movie? Didn't he score one here a while back? Oh, um, no, he didn't score one, but that movie Waves I was telling you about. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. a lot of, a lot, got got his, a lot of his okay. stuff on it. And, yeah, I believe White Ferrari's on there, too. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, no, I'll just listen to anything he does. Uh, I I could go on for hours, so I'll just stop there on the Frank Ocean part. Well, no, you hit it well. I mean, you're talking about how he, he evokes that mood. Yeah. Every, his, his voice conveys emotion in such a unique uh, and powerful way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sad song. He sounds sad. Right. If it's... You know something else. Even he's got he's, that sound, right? Even if he's not belting or anything, yeah. his the quiet is just as powerful mm-hmm. uh, for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can sing and he can rap, yeah. and uh, both equally awesome. Yeah, good. All right, so Frank Ocean is one of the guests at your table. Who's next? Uh, next, uh, an artist who is also pure feeling. Uh, also also sad but that's just a coincidence uh, no number two is also not a surprise it's Phoebe Bridgers she's a big deal um, right now yeah she is um, she's been around for a while but has uh, gotten a lot more recognition uh, with her album Punisher that released last yes. year that I own in four different mediums oh that's impressive um, uh, I've got it on cassette I've got it on CD I've got it on vinyl and I've got it digitally on my How phone. How did you do that? Um, I'm talented. I didn't know they were manufacturing um, cassettes again. Is that just the national? It was like a limited release. Can you get it injected like just straight into on the face? I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get it on the, the Bill Gates microchip with my vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Bill, <laughs> do me a favor. Hook us up. Yeah, if you're listening, um, hook us up. It's fine well, if you well, want to give me listening. the 5G, just as long as... <laughs> as long as I can get my music. Yeah. Um, no that's gonna no, get that. cool with me. Um, no, for Phoebe Bridgers, it it wasn't like Frank Ocean where I immediately was enchanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Phoebe, it's her music isn't very pop mm-hmm. music. Uh, so like on first listen, it's kind of like, oh, this is just like melancholy 
sad. So somber. <laughs> yeah, very kind of somber stuff. Um, but the more I listened, the more I realized that um, her music is filled with the most beautiful and descriptive yet abstract imagery um, I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, she, she's so insanely talented when it comes to finding an idea we can all relate to, um, or at least I can, uh, taking it to its most abstract, mm-hmm. but making that abstract something that you still understand yeah. and still relate to. And it's deeply personal at the same Extremely. time. Extremely. Yeah. Uh, um, this is about her experience, but it generalizes right. across. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, she's yeah, so she's talented. Really at that. There's something new every time you go back. Every mm-hmm. every new exactly. Text, you find something else. Exactly, and it's like reading the same book four or five times. And you find a detail I didn't right. see that before. I, uh, I Apple Music does like a replay playlist, so you can uh-huh. go back and check your statistics. Uh-huh. I've listened to her song "Killer" 42 times uh, in the last month. That seems like another and, punchline. But. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm not. It's okay. Yeah, that makes me sound like a serial killer. I'm ready that. Wasn't um, saying that. I'm just saying. Um, but no, and I'll I'll listen to it again probably today and find something mm-hmm. new to pick up on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I how, just how uh, would Frank Ocean and Phoebe Bridgers get along? I'm wondering. Pretty well, I think. Seems like they um, might have some common language. I think, I think that would be a very somber dinner, possibly. Kind of quiet. Uh, but I think they they both seem like fun people. They can party. Didn't I see um, her in a, like some kind of skeleton dress or something? Yeah. Going so around the Google a few days ago. Yeah, her thing on the Punisher album for like all the a lot of the performances and the press and stuff is in like a skeleton onesie basically okay don't ask me the reason behind so it so cassettes are coming back and so are yeah. grown up onesies correct am I right Dylan unfortunately yeah okay <laughs> alright so you got Frank Ocean you got Phoebe Bridges you got one more seat yeah Who's number it? three uh, and I struggled with this one I couldn't decide if I was going to make him number two or number three um, but I'm just in a Phoebe phase right now uh, so number three is going to be Tyler the Creator. Okay. Um, for Tyler, uh, he has been one of the most interesting evolutions of an artist. Um, and like Kanye, I say artist, not rapper, because he's also a designer, um, a producer, uh, a skateboarder, a car collector, um, and. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been so interesting since the very beginning. He came onto the scene in like uh, I think two thousand eight, two thousand nine, late late two thousands, uh, with the rap group Odd Future, as well as releasing some of his own stuff. Uh, just from the beginning, very very intense, very attention grabbing, shock value stuff. Uh, they said, "Hey, here's who we are." Um, and we won't apologize for it and we will not filter it even a little bit. They got banned from like New Zealand, the, the whole country. Wow. Uh, that's a yeah. folks for the most part. Right. Too. It takes <laughs> yeah, no, to do the, that. Like they literally, none of them still can. <laughs> wow. um, it, uh, but since then, he's grown so much as an artist, each album being its own very, very different thing. Mm-hmm. But still being a natural progression from the last uh, album dealing with uh, stuff with his father with relationships um, and you know getting being rich being famous like his album Flower Boy was uh, 
very different from everything he had done previously. Um, it starts out, the whole thing is another concept album, like the human condition we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole thing is basically on a car ride, um, not really to anywhere in particular. Uh, the sunset, uh, <laughs> if you will, into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking about, he uses uh, the cars repeatedly to describe how he's used uh, physical items and money and things like that to fill the void yeah. of uh, love in a general whether that's romantic or real friends uh, which he feels like he's lacking a lot and he's used these items to fill the void um, and he talks a lot about that he talks about uh, being in love with someone who uh, may or may not really exist um, and the difficulty of that he deals with uh, a love he doesn't feel like he can talk to people about mm. um, and it's just a really really beautiful album uh, and then the next album Igor uh, which I've listened to even more he has an album called Igor Igor okay. yeah um, I didn't know that it's more or less a breakup album um, in an abstract kind of way he realizes that the that the person he's been obsessing over isn't worth all this pain and you know he feels like a puppet being just dragged along and played games with he realizes he doesn't need them anymore um and uh it's just really good yeah, yeah. I love Tyler you know a lot about Tyler the Creator I uh, don't even get me started like, it's, it's the same thing as the if, if I don't cut it off here I'm gonna go just for hours keep going yeah cool. um, Due to all of the podcasts about all uh, three of them, I've listened there's to all these subgenres and yeah, gotcha. So both of you guys have talked about the creative elements of these artists that you respect and that you want to know more about. What and I think I know the answer to this, but if you had those artists at the table with you, yeah. what would the conversation be like? Other than subdued, we've covered that already. Yeah, uh, I would just I, I want to learn everything I possibly can from them uh, in order to make one thing half as beautiful as any single thing mm-hmm. that they've made uh, just pick their brains about their life um, in general yeah that'd be, that'd be a great opportunity be to study fun. them yeah alright so Frank Ocean Phoebe Bridgers Tyler the Creator I know you probably had to leave somebody behind so we'll circle back around to you in a minute and hear some about that because some of these are hard choices yes very good alright all right, Drew. Heard the other two. We have a couple of fairly different tables for these dinners. I think you're going to give us another one. Yeah, I want to be the, the sad emo kid sitting in the corner. I think. <laughs> okay, um, great. This will be fun. Yeah. High school lunchroom. We're off in like the back dark area. No, I'm just <laughs> sitting back under the under the seats. Yeah. Yeah. So my top three will come as no surprise to the three of you, uh, just because we talk about this kind of stuff a lot. But. Number one with a bullet for me is Rustin Kelly. Mm -hmm. Um, So singer-songwriter based out of Nashville. um, The great-grand... I think he's the great-nephew of Johnny Cash. Um, So big musical lineage in that family. There's a heritage there, yeah. Um, Just absolutely, uh, like these guys have said, everything he's touched is gold to me. Um, So all of his records have a pretty significantly meaningful place in my life. I have Rustin Kelly themed tattoos. Like I'm I'm all in on Rustin Kelly. Okay. Um, But uh, his work deals a lot with um, 
some of the darker things in life, you know, uh, divorce, addiction, trying to overcome things, uh, disappointing yourself, disappointing your loved ones, your family in particular, um, and just really wrestles deeply with those things, but also um, the fight to get better. And so that's all themes that are significant in my life in one way or the other. Um, so just absolutely uh, enamored with him as a guitar player. Um, learned a lot from him uh, in particular, uh, the way he does tunings and the way he does um, arranging uh, and all that kind of stuff. And it's pretty cool. He's His band is uh, his best friend, is his guitar player. His dad is his pedal steel player, and his sister is the uh, singer and piano player. So it's like a whole little thing. It's like the Osmonds. <laughs> exactly like the Osmonds. We just had an idea for him. I'm buying an RV soon, it sounds like. Okay, good. So yeah, so he, you know, all of his, his music is, uh, yeah, it's up there for me. Yeah, it's really resonant. Yeah, yeah, good. They were talking about the Apple Music recap. Um, I'm a Spotify user, but if you look at my 2020 playlist, it's 100% uh, Russ and Kelly and the other artists that I will name today. Like, there's nobody else comes close uh-huh. to the top five on my charts. So. All right. So while we're there, second yeah. chair would be? The second chair is going to be Jason Isbell. Yes. Um, for similar reasons to Russ and Kelly, honestly, a lot of his songwriting in particular, the way he turns a phrase... Um, I said it in the episode that is now in the ether, Lost. but uh, <laughs> the uh, he kind of has these different phases in his writing, but he tackles really, really heavy stuff. So his one of his records, uh, the early one, Southeastern, he wrote a song called Elephant about uh, you know best friend's cancer and not being able to deal with the elephant in the room and interactions there, and uh, really, really hard, hard stuff. You know, talks about losing parent. Um, in his first record with uh, his band with his wife and all their friends the 400 unit um, has a song called if we were vampires and it talks about uh, kind of coming to terms with the idea that you and the love of your life aren't going to be together forever one of you is going to die first and what are we going to do with those years I can imagine the date that spawned that song oh it was it's brutal I mean I send it to all my like married friends and they just cry um, it's it's a, a beautiful song, but um, super super good. And then on his most recent uh, album, he has a song called "If We Were Vampires." Uh, no, that was that was the one you just said. <laughs> yeah, I need more coffee. Um, he has a song called uh, "Saint Peter's Autograph" yeah. about uh, making space for his um, wife to grieve a former partner of hers, mm-hmm. um, and how you deal with that as someone who's trying to support, but also you know little jealous or a little bit you know on edge about that whole thing and uh, it's just it's beautiful but it's such a niche experience and he you know has Mm -hmm. a way to translate that to people um so yeah absolutely um he's up there for me as well yeah all three of you guys in different directions have identified with this resonance of the nitty-gritty of life it's real world stuff whether it's misogyny and violence and hip-hop culture or it's aloneness and trying to find your way or things that you feel like you can't share with anybody some of the artists you mentioned Devin and you know you share some of you know some of these stuff with life experience and people around you that you've come across and what the observation we made earlier was that all of these in their own way are redemptive but what sticks out about these artists is they'll actually deal with the nitty-gritty that needs redeemed before they get to the redemptive and that's mm-hmm. part of the art yeah and so that's part of the gravity I think of what all of you guys have talked about that's just really interesting it's really now, this is not top 40, three minutes and 12 seconds, and then on to the next one, and 
here's your commercial for the family fun four pack at the go kart track this yeah. weekend. Yeah, this is not that. I was thinking about this earlier when we were in the search for the other episode, but just yes. like authenticity mm-hmm. is a theme that runs through like all yeah. the music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. yeah. So this is, this is not a facade. This is real. Yeah. All right, so you still got a chair to fill. Okay. So my number three may make for an awkward dinner dynamic. That's part um, of fun. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, this is an audio medium, but Devin has a, a t-shirt featuring this artist on right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, mine would be uh, the lovely and talented uh, queen of Nashville, uh, Casey Musgraves. Yes. Uh, formerly married to Rustin Kelly. And so there's the queen right. of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, same. Um, but uh, she is another songwriter, so I'm... I, I, super obsessed with songwriting I guess but um, the way she turns phrase very similar to the other artists that I've mentioned before but um, she had a song on her very first record called Merry Go Round um, and it just blew me away Mm -hmm. uh, about being stuck in a small town and just the metaphor and the the way that she you know stacks lines on each other the Mm -hmm. third line makes sense of the first line and just Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff Um, it's just beautiful beautiful uh, artistic work so um, definitely would want her at that table. Um, those three and a couple of others make up the vast majority of my listening. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine why music about living in a small town and feeling stuck would be resonant <laughs> with anybody at this table. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I don't get that at all. Yeah, no, she, the word we used earlier was she's clever. Yes. All of these songwriters and you know, all of these artists that you mentioned, they're very thoughtful and very evocative of emotion and they paint pictures beautifully. They're all gifted artists in that way. She's just flat clever, and the merry-go-round song is a great example. I remember the first time I heard that. I knew, I, I still know exactly where I was, and I heard that because, like, what is this in my hand? Yeah, absolutely. And for such a young person to be able to do that, that was just—it was really striking. Yeah, so, all yeah, of she, her lyrics could be read with a smirk or a wink. Absolutely, just, yeah, it's, it's just, always there. It's she, very cheeky. She knows what she's doing, and yeah. she's just waiting to see if you'll catch on. Yeah, there is that very much that sense. It's really good. Uh, all right, so you've got. Rustin Kelly, you've got Jason Isbell, and you got the former Mrs. Rustin Kelly, Casey Musgraves. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, so I know that you guys had to leave some people off of your lists. Hmm. Uh, and so while this is not, you know, world peace hanging in the balance, this is maybe fun to think about. Who'd you have to leave behind? Drew, start start with who you maybe yeah. not include. So mine would be another former power couple. That would be John Mayer and Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, John Mayer is probably the most influential artist in maybe our family's life. I don't know if that's safe to say, but all of us have some Stephen kind of Curtis connection. Chapman. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Okay, John enough. Mayer and Stephen Curtis Chapman <laughs> are one and one A in that horse race. We're not yes. yet, but... <laughs> We're not far behind. Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, it's part of our you know family absolutely story We've and got memories there. Uh, I don't know if you want to go down this road, but he was kind of the first artist that all broke us out of the CCM only and worship yeah. music only thing and started appreciating artistic mm-hmm. beauty in a different way, I think, uh, mm-hmm. maybe would be fair to say. But um, probably the greatest guitar player of the modern era, I would put him up against. I could take him. The great. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming for you, John. That's season two, but Devin's going to be real. <laughs> a throwdown episode between John Mayer and Devin. Training camp. I will not spend any time between now and then learning how to play the guitar either. Uh, uh, but yeah, so would have him on there, and then would have Taylor Swift uh, at the table for sure if there were two more seats. Uh, brilliant songwriter, yeah. great musician, 
fascinated by her more recent work, um, the Folklore and Evermore mm-hmm. albums that she's put out during the pandemic. Uh, new producers, it goes a long mm-hmm. way in that. Um, she changed her sound that way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, Great Artist has, has been through a lot and written about a lot and uh, would be fascinated to see that dynamic play out at the table too, just to get all those creative minds and um, yeah. these you know, sort of poets and all those kind of people all well, together. It, it's easy to poke fun at Taylor Swift. But in a similar to Phoebe Bridger's kind of way a little bit, it's like that young girl who's just opened up the pages of her journal and started writing and singing about it in an artistic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very personal. Phoebe's is what's more Edgar Allan Poe, I think I said <laughs> yeah. earlier, mm-hmm. than Taylor Swift is. But it's the same kind of thing, and it, it just rings true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, Absolutely. Yeah. So she's on the top 40 all the time, but with good reason. Yeah. All right, good. All right. Dylan, who do you have to leave behind? I made a deal with Devin that I got to include... John Bellion in my in my list, and he got to include Frank Ocean, um, and so I think I think Frank Ocean would be the one yeah. that I I had to leave off for Devin um, for the same reasons. Um, he is so good at almost transporting you to another place when you listen mm-hmm. to his music. Like it's like ethereal type music, whether that's a happy or a sad vibe and mood. Like he is just so good at. at creating a mood with his music um, like Devin talked about with like Moon River mm-hmm. or his whole Channel Orange album that's like a little more upbeat and like summer and youth and um, things like that it's it's he's so good um, at just taking you to another place and it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible that's good yeah. big right, so Frank Ocean for you yeah. anybody else you left behind I'd say that's the the big one like those I would have like if I had to name four it'd be those four there's Tons of other artists I listened to. But, Spice Tea um, didn't get left behind. Spice Tea was way down. <laughs> okay. I just didn't know how big yeah. a conflict that was for you. Yes. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, how about you? Who, who did not make the cut for you? Yeah. Uh, so, like Dylan said, John Bellion, uh, super influential artist for me since Dylan showed him to me in like. Yeah, when you were like whatever. six, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> way too soon or whatever. Uh, no, he's always been one of my favorites and will continue to be such a pioneer. Um, I love everything he does. Another one, big one, is Ryan Beatty. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Dylan said earlier, maybe in the last episode or maybe this one, like Frank Ocean is kind of the father of this dream pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, R&B, hip-hop influenced mm-hmm. music genre mm-hmm. uh, that I've has come to be probably like my favorite mm-hmm. sub-sub-genre of music. Uh, <laughs> but Ryan Beatty is like the son of that for me. Yeah. Um, oftentimes tying with Frank Ocean depending on the day I'm having. Uh, but he's so... His music is so beautiful it's it's the perfect rainy day turn the album all the way up play it from start to finish just lay back listen full experience you can imagine the light show type thing yeah, we've seen um, your apartment we don't have yeah, to imagine yeah. we talked about that earlier that's right yeah um another big one uh harry Styles. yeah uh, <laughs> uh, he's i love everything harry styles does both of his both of his solo albums I've listened to on repeat I think he's an immensely talented songwriter uh, and singer um, 
last one I know I this is like technically four, but I just yeah. thought of it just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band Tennis. I yeah. just discovered them last year. A buddy showed them to me. Mm-hmm. It's music I never could have pictured myself mm-hmm. like listening to. It's kind of like 70s kind of funk aspects um very also but also very ethereal kind of 80s mm-hmm. stuff um and i've just gone head over hills listen listening to all their albums on repeat yeah i find it personally gratifying that it was you that brought me the band camino and i told you yeah i heard this back in 1986 yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah there's this boomeranging going on in some of this right now that i just think is fantastic but yeah we played you played some tennis cuts for me yeah I trip here a while back. Yeah, that's good. Of course, for those of you who don't know the story about Harry Styles, for a band that was put together as a promotional stunt for a British talent show, this guy's got <laughs> surprising yeah. musical chops in his writing. Is again, it's kind of like Taylor Swift. It's evocative of real life. It's a little bit more commercial and popish than some of these other artists, yeah. but it's there. Yeah, yeah. He's a talented guy, and of course, very charismatic, good-looking guy. All the girls love him. Yeah. Just swooning and all that stuff. It's part of the deal with him, but yeah. Yeah, interesting, interesting. If uh, Mick Fleetwood said he would adopt you, and uh, then I would say that you probably you made the crap with somebody. Yeah. yeah, that's impressive. I hadn't heard that. That's Stevie cool. Nicks and Mick Fleetwood both said have said that he feels like their musical child. No kidding. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. There you go. He's like presented Stevie Nicks with several awards. Performed. Yes. He's covered Landslide he, yeah, at a bunch of shows. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I didn't realize good the connection. He also covered Ultralight Beam. At a club in LA one time. Well, no, they really. By Kanye. There's yeah. one you don't hear every day. Harry Styles it's covering pretty good. Kanye. That's well, cool. speaking of cover artists, I think I mentioned my three earlier. One of them was Weird Al. We already had a Weird Al reference. No, uh, yeah, I did mine with the earlier, with the Avengers earlier in the earlier episode, but uh, I think slightly different thing about John Mayer, of course, is one of mine. I think the way I filtered this for me was if I could just sit down and listen uninterrupted for an hour. Or if I were going on a road trip, what would I play? And so John Mayer's one for me. Uh, Prince. Yep. I am loyal to my 80s music, regardless. <laughs> I love Thriller. <laughs> well, we all love Thriller. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Devin, you in particular were talking earlier just the way... I can't nice joke. <laughs> talking earlier about how Frank Ocean in particular sings, and the way he's singing is evoking the emotion. Frank Sinatra does that. The cut that I'm thinking of was one for the road, and you listen to him, and he's it's the lyrics are about wrapping it up at the end of the night with the bartender uh, getting ready to shut down the bar. Yeah, I, he's got a nickname, I forget what it is. Love all green eyes, yeah, that's oh, the, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> but his vocals in that in particular just have that same quality of you can just hear the weary, you can just hear the pining, you just love it. American, American songbook classic, and yes, the green eyes. <clears throat> As always, well, guys, thanks. This was this was a blast. Mm-hmm. This uh, both times. I think it was better the second time. One of which, <laughs> one of which got recorded and preserved. Um, so again, part of our premise here is just what are ways that families can connect? What are things that we talk about in the natural rhythms of life? And as you can hear from us, uh, music's deeply important to our family. It gives expression and ways to connect and talk about and get in touch with things. Now, they aren't always easy to do. And you know, Drew alluded to it where we. Where we are today is not where we started. That doesn't invalidate those roots. 
our faith is important to our family, but we have also learned that there is great beauty in the world, and there are real things that don't have nice boxes to fit in sometimes, and all of those things resonate with our family too, and I think you've heard some of that in today's episode. So thank you for listening. Next time, the Youngers will rejoin the cast of characters, as well as a couple of new voices. We'll have the girls at the table. Uh, So we hope you'll be with us next time. Meanwhile, thanks for listening to us here on Three Empty Chairs.